Hilchas Nachlis, Laws of Inheritance, Chapter 4, Paper V. So we're on the topic of, uh, of heirs, uh, of, of who's considered in, an heir, an inheritor. Right? An heir is an inheritor, like a child if the father passes away, or the parent if, if, if the child passes away, God forbid. And, um, and uh, believability, how do you identify them? So when somebody says, this is my son, this is my brother, or this is my father's brother, right? In the event of, uh, if the person has no children and the uncles of the heir, or anybody else who would inherit the person. So whenever the person who's about to pass away says, this, is, this person inherits me, son, brother, uncle. Despite the fact that he is identifying or admitting to people inheriting him who are, as far as we know, we had no idea they're his relatives, right? One day he says, this guy is my, my brother. He's believed. Therefore, the person could inherit him. Because really, if he wanted to give that person everything he owns as a gift, he could do so. So on that principle, we believe him when he says that he, a person gets everything he owns as an as inheritance, because he can give it to him as a gift anyways if he wants to. This is true whether he says this as a healthy person. He says, this is my brother. Then 20 years later, he passes away. So we believe that and he could inherit him. Or he says it on his deathbed when he knows he's about to pass away, which his words are much more impactful. Because he knows this person is going to now inherit him. It's no difference. Even in an event where the person is unable to verbally identify someone because he lost his right to ability to speak, right? He has, uh, you know, some yeah. kind of illness. And he writes in his handwriting, this person is his heir. So we still, we don't dismiss what he says. We give him a cognitive evaluation testing to make sure he's lucid the way we would if he wanted to divorce his wife. Yeah. And we ask him questions and we see if he nods his head the right way three times each way, except as a whole procedure. Mm-hmm. Then we can conclude that he is uh, cognitively sound. And based on that, we take what he says seriously. Base. If we have an assumption this person is his brother, as far as we know. We, never, we weren't there when they were born, but they both moved to town. They both is my brother. They both... Uh, you know, we're careful in shul not to give them aliyahs back to back, etc. We treat them as brothers. I've been done. There was an uncle of Amr. One day he says, Enyach, he's not my brother. He's not my uncle. In that case, Enyach, he's not believed. Ben Doidi is my, right, the son of my uncle. Right, my cousin. Thank you. Enyach, he's not believed. So he is believed to establish somebody who's not known as a brother or a cousin or uncle. He's not believed to remove an establishment or assumption that he's, that he's a, a brother or a cousin or an uncle. When it comes to a son, it's different. When it comes to a person who's going to inherit someone by virtue of being a child as opposed to a brother, he is believed to say that he's not my son. Therefore, when he says the person will not inherit him, that's a gzeris hakosav. The Pasuk says that a person has to... The Pasuk says, He should acknowledge his firstborn son. So simply speaking, the Pasuk is simply saying that when a person has two wives and the wife he likes least gives birth first to a son, then the li- wife he likes best gives birth to a son later, he doesn't, he's not allowed to say, okay, that's the firstborn. That's not how it works. Whoever's born, born first, whoever's conceived first, rather, right? That's the firstborn. I believe so. Hmm. That's interesting. What if he, uh-huh. Okay, let's keep it simple, right? Let's say we know who's conceived and born first and who's conceived and born second. You got to acknowledge the firstborn. But it's also saying Yaakov acknowledge can mean to, to identify. The father is given the right from the Torah to say, this is my child and that believability. If he says, this is not my son, even though as far as he was his son, he moved to town, he said, this is my son, he made an option for him, right? He paid for his tuition in the cheder. 
doesn't make a difference. When he says, not my son, he's believed. That that's only a father to a son, not a brother to a brother or a brother to an uncle. Yorali, it seems to me, even in the event that this son had their own children, so now the guy's grandkids, even though over there, the person says, this is not my son, we don't believe him anymore, so he's not believed to delegitimize his grandkids. In other words, if all he had was a son, that son had no children, or was unmarried, had no children. And this guy says, you know this guy? He's really not my kid, right? So his wife was fooling around. He's believed, now that child's a mamzer. But once that child has his own children, the father loses that, the grandfather slash father loses that right. Because if he says, not my son, now that son's a mamzer. His kids are mamzerim. He does, his, his power does not extend so far. So even though he has the right to declare this child as not his, therefore illegitimate, as far as his, you know, status in the Jewish people, you know, uh, whether he's a kosher Jew or, 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 or whether he's a, a kosher, uh, so to speak, Jew or a mamzer, that applies. But that doesn't, that's not true. Um, so, so, so even though that is true, um, even though that, that's only true if he has children, but if he has grandchildren, that no longer applies. That's, his, 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 uh, his power is limited only regarding the status of the child. But so therefore he cannot declare the side of Imamzer. His his status is not limited when it comes to the inheritance. So when a person says this person is not my child, and therefore that child will not inherit the father, that's true whether that child is a child, whether that child has his own children, it's irrelevant. When a person says he's not my son, that father is believed, and that quote unquote son is no longer considered a son as far as inheritance and will not inherit the father, whether he has his own kids or not. That's no difference. Mm-hmm. Now, it, 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 as far as that child being a mamzer, that believability only applies if the child does not have his <coughs> own children. If he has his own children, that won't apply. But as far as Yerusha, it's the same. Because it says, that the word yakir, as ha-bukhar ben-asnuwa, yakir. The father has the believability regarding inheritance. Gimel. Ha-imer zebani, person says, this is my son. The Chazer, and then later on, like not immediately, but at a later date, Omar, he says, Abdihu, he's actually my servant, he's not my son. So he's, he's, he can't inherit me. And he's not believed, right? So this guy is, so a guy comes up and shows the town, we have no idea, we ask him, who's this kid? He says, it's my son. Sometime later, he says, it's actually my Eved. He's not believed. Omar, if he says, Abdi, he's my Eved, the Chazer, later that he says, he's actually my son. Even though he actually uses him like a servant, the way he serves him, Neman he's believed. Shazesh Amar Abdi, because this that he said, he's my servant, my slave, initially, claimer, it's a figure of his speech, Shehu Kalika Evan, he's as if he's my son, like, my servant, excuse me. In other words, this guy is admitting that he kind of, you know, abuses his own kids. That's what he meant when he said he's my servant. And then when he says later on he's my son, that is, that is believed. So now, he, uh, he is believed and he is uh, assumed to be uh, the, ch- the child. He will inherit the father. If, however, they refer to him as a slave with a terminology that's very specific in terms of a real slave, like a slave who, I, 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 who costs this amount of money, such a terminology that's only appropriate and that you only use for a real slave, in that case, he's believed because that's clear that he, he, he's saying this is the a slave of $100, that's clear. It's not, that's not a figure of speech used for a child who you, who you overwork. That's actually used for a real event. In the first case, when he says, it's my son, and then he's, excuse, sorry, in, in, in the case where he says, it's my, my event, then he says, it's actually my son. 
we, we believe him and assume that when he said he's my servant originally, he was just saying the way he uses this kid. Because mm-hmm. truthfully, if he wanted to give everything he owns to this slave, he doesn't have to, if he's a slave, he doesn't have to say, oh, he's actually my son. Let him inherit me. He could simply take a write a check. He could simply, excuse me, give everything he owns to this, 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 this event. So therefore, he has the right to uh, transfer his property over to him by saying he's my son, right? Mm-hmm. But over here, when he says that he's uh, a evident of a hundred dollars, that's that's no longer uh, tenable, right? Therefore, he's not believed. Therefore, he won't he won't, um, he won't be believed. Um, yeah. All right. Dalit. Guy is passing by the tax collector. Harmony says, "Beni who said this is my son." Later on, later on, when uh, you know we, we, we want to divide up his estate or whatever, halachic issue comes up, he says, "Oh, it's actually an evan. He's believed." Why did he say it's my son? Because he doesn't want to pay taxes on him, right? Mm-hmm. Slave his property. If in the tax place he says it's my slave, he wants to be honest and he pays the tax. Later on, he says my son. Anyway, he's not believed because why would he do that, right? The fact that he was honest with the tax collector means he's being honest, and therefore he is. Um, he's believed to say that uh, that he that he's a slave. Later on, he say, changed it to my son. There's it's, it, there's no reason for him to have. To, to, no, there's no limud schus. We could say in the, in the reverse, right? Okay, very good. Um, this all is is talking about a case where we have no idea what the person's status is, right? That uh, uh, was saying he's a servant. Correct. So we don't know. We're, we're relying on his word. As far as we have no idea what the status is. First he says he's my servant, he says he's a slave, or vice versa. So then it depends. If, if we have a reason to explain why he would have lied, like in the case where he says my son to escape paying taxes, and later on changes the story to say it's my, my slave, that makes sense. He was trying to lie, so we assume he's a slave, and he's not really his son. But if it's the reverse, then we don't believe that. But if we know for sure an assumption that he's a slave or a child, and then a guy comes along to change the story, that's a whole different story. That's that's uh, that's a previous. That's a, that's a gimel. All right. Um, okay. But so now, so now, another. If we know he's a son and a free a free son, even though he said that at the tax collector person he's actually my slave, that wouldn't change his status. Even though you might ask, what do you mean? Why would the guy say he's my slave and force himself to pay more taxes? He's obviously telling the truth. That's not good enough of a reason to, 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 to remove a, a established, uh, established status of a kosher Jew. It's only when we have no idea which way to go that we use this criteria. Now, why is the guy saying on his own son, he's my slave paying taxes? I have no idea. Maybe it's good for his, his account to do that. Who knows? All right. Hello, Chahe. Hello, Chahe. Talking about uh, establishing who's the right rightful heir. Yeah. Havadim servants and you know non Jewish servants like you know the type that you uh, are, are quasi Jews. You're not supposed to call them father or mother. So that not, the English equivalent in the, in the translation is Papa Joe or Mama Mama Sarah. He says it's like a like a respectful terminology to these older people if they're older. But that's also indicative of actually calling them father or mother. This child, you know, this this babysitter, the na- living nanny. Or living male babysitter, the butler calls him, you know, Abba Plenis, Ima Plenis. People are going to say this kid is their child. He's an avid. So don't, we want to avoid that. Therefore, if that, because that's concerned, if, the, if it was very famous who these slaves were, uh, the, he says in the Arasovia, the example is the, the avid that was the, in the house of the Nasi, the leader of the Jewish people in Israel. 
Yeshlan Koil, and it's famous who they are. We call our call of Makir Naisan, and the whole community knows who they are. And they also know who are the children of the master. It's not like some, some random family. You know, this is like this Nazi's kid and the Nazi's servant. Everyone knows who's Zoo. He's allowed to call him that because it's not going to have negative results. But no, who's Zoo? Okay. A person had a non-Jewish maid servant. And one day she's expecting, and he says it's his kid. And he treats him like a child, right? Makes him up, Sharon. Or he says, Or um, we, we didn't know that he's his child, but she has a child, and he says, It's my child. And then, and he says, so, so, so again, so Stop. So he, he, he fathered a child to this non-Jewish maidservant, a quasi-Jewish maidservant, excuse me. Or um, she has a son which you don't know about and he says, it's my son. Or then he says the mother was freed. But he says, I freed the mother before I gave her the child. Therefore, because he freed the child, it's very crucial. Because that, that means that the child is his child, halakhically. If the woman was not freed at the time that she conceived, she was a maidservant, that child is considered an evid, not the child of this, uh, not, not the child of this Jew, even though biologically he's his son, but not, not a child. So do we believe him? Or do we say no? That, he, that, that we, As far as we, we, we know, she's an evid. We have no evidence of her being freed. Even though he's saying that he, she was, do we have any, should we believe him? So, um, Says the Rambam, if he's Tamil Chacham, so he knows the din about who's considered a child or not. Or also the fact that Tamil Chacham, we assume that usually if you're not Tamil Chacham, you're careful with mitzvahs. Or Bechal is a person who's a kosher person who's careful with mitzvahs. So even though over here, obviously something inappropriate happened. Either he was with a maidservant, which is not allowed, or he's with a woman, not married, which is not allowed. But Obviously, he had a certain weakness, but the fact is, we assume that he tries to minimize the Aver if possible. How is your Hashem? The din is he inherits him. Because the din is, is that we make the assumption, since he had a way of making this Avera somewhat less by freeing the woman, making her Jewish, we assume he did that. Now, even though, mind you, let's not, let's not forget, there's an Averish Allah, Kadesha, of a Jewish man being with a Jewish woman before marriage. When it comes to a non Jewish woman or a maidservant, there's no formal love. However, in terms of hierarchy of severity, the Ram considers it more severe because the child is not even considered his child. Remember, he told us in Ilchus Isuri Bia, right? That even though the Ram made a point to tell us, even though there's no technical specific lava in 365 lavin that points to a man being with non Jewish woman or maid servant, don't take it so, so lightly. Because if a person is with even a married woman, the child's a mamzer, it's considered his child. Here is Ivan's child, so in a way, that, so, so therefore, the Ramah ultimately considers it to be more severe. In other words, a person who, who wants to do, who's going to do an Avera, and the Avera is, he, but he wants to make it as, as less severe as possible. Being with a guy is, is more severe than being with a Yid. That's what I'm saying over here. So therefore, we assume he freed her, and this child is his child. That's as far as Yerusha goes. We don't let this child get married to a Jewish woman until we prove that his mother was first freed then only afterwards he was born. Now, before she was, before. in other words, he, she was freed prior to his birth. Mind you, it could be that he, she, she was freed while she was expecting him. But the fact is, as long as she was freed and, and told before he came out, 
child's a Jew. Now, does that mean his ch- the child's the son of this man? No, because if he, had, if he was with her, and then she was with Gaia a month later, and then gave birth, child's not his child. But at least, we know he's a yid. Akapanim, as far as believability regarding the allowance of marriage, he has to prove his status as a Jew. Because as far as we know, she was a shifcha. We're assuming he freed her, as far as the imamus is concerned, because that would minimize his avera. Therefore, as far as the monetary halacha goes, he can inherit this person who's claiming he's his son. Fine. But as far as the dinim of Ishus go, he has to prove his status as a Yid unequivocally. This child is assumed to be the child of a, of a maidservant. We don't believe the father freed him. We assume he's an Ebed. Not only that, but of Merchanes, so his biological brothers can sell him. If the father passes away, he says, you're our property. You're our biological brother, but you're our property. And not only do we assume he's not his child as far as that goes, of Ben, Ben, like in quotations, if he's the father's only son, only biological child, again, assuming he's not considered halachically his child, and the father passes away with no halachic children, what does the wife have to do, this widow? Yibun, or chalitza. The process of a woman who dies, who is widowed, childless, a woman who's widowed, childless, or Okay, more, sorry, a woman who's widowed from a man, the man is childless, because if he has children with a different wife, it's not a problem. But when she, if, if her husband passes away and he, ha, he fathered no kids, there's a process, she has to marry the brother, right? Yibum Chalitza, mm-hmm. right, taking off the shoe. Age is of Mr. Bemis, the father's wife undergoes Yibum. The Am doesn't even tell us that she's Mechuyim and Yibum, but do Chalitza to be on the safe side. No, <laughs> we assume the child is a slave, has nothing to do with the father's status of. Um, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, not being childless, and she does Yibum, even though the Ramon Shukhanoch says that ideally she's a Chalitza to be on the safe side, the Ram does not say that. This is what the Halacha seems to me that follows the basic principles of our tradition. That's what the Ram says. Now the Ram uh, quotes two opinions he does not agree with. Some people say, no, we don't believe this guy. He says, I freed her, he's my child. We don't believe him you know, regarding the status of, of, of marriage. We don't believe him to be a Rusha, you know, he's a big tzaddik. The only thing is, if he's a person known to be scrupulous with mitzvahs, we don't let the brothers sell their, their biological brothers in Edmund. And that we don't let them do, because the father's a caution, maybe Taka freed her. But as far as anything else, we don't do. The some say that even regarding inheritance, we don't accept, we don't differentiate among Jews whether he's known to be a fermak or he's known to be not such a fermak. It's a more more more, more careless mitzvah. We don't differentiate. Now, what does he mean to differentiate? It's not clear from the Rambam. Does he mean to differentiate that in all situations we trust him and we believe that a yid would not would not engage in this behavior? Therefore, we assume that. The child is considered a real child and can inherit, whether the father was a Fermak or a, or a Ismarf. Or does it mean you don't differentiate in the other opposite extreme? In all situations, we don't trust him and we assume that he is considered an Evet. Right, whatever it is, the Ram says that you don't, not Mechal. We don't rely, the Ram says don't rely on this. The Ram says my opinion is, as he says, that if he's a kosher person, you believe him as far as Yerusha goes, money, he gets money, but he can't marry until he proves it. If the father is known to be a, a person who's not careful with mitzvahs, then you can treat him like a full Eved. The mother does Yibum, the brothers can sell it. Zion. Kala Yerushim Yerushim Chazaka. A Yerush inherits based on assumption, right? Let's say a guy moves to town and he's with his son and everything is fine, and one day Rechamal the son passes away. 
with no kid. Who's the Yerush? The father. Were you there when the mother gave birth? Were you there when the, you did the biological test? You have DNA? No. But this is the assumption. Right? He's called the son. He calls the father. Look alike. Whatever it is, all the things. That's considered enough. Ketzal, for example, when Adam testified, right? If he moves to town, we don't know. That, that we know, the Adam again weren't there when the good woman gave birth. We know that this is the guy who's called, he's assumed to be a son. They same last name, all the things that treat people like father, son. And on that testimony, the Adam weren't there when she gave birth. They're not Adam Yuchos in the sense that they know for sure that, that he's a son, etc. That's Testimony is sufficient for inheritance, even though it's not considered either yichus in the sense that other aspects of of uh, of uh, let's say for status in terms of mamzeris or whatever, not mamzeris, but as far as yerusha chazaka is sufficient. All right, ches. Yaakov shemes. Yaakov passes away. He leaves two sons, Reuven and Shimon. Let's keep it simple. Let's say there was the first one was a daughter. So no bechar. Right. So two sons get an even. Even amount, 50-50. All right. As far as, as far as we know, as far as they know, so as far as we know, they know there's only those two sons. One, and then Reuven says, actually, I have news for you, Shimon. This lady is also our brother. I never told you he's our brother. And he says, Shimon says, I have no idea. News to me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to call you a liar, but I have... So, as far as I know, I'm getting 50%. Wait you call me, tell me I'm only getting a third, because you have a third brother. And there's no right one either way. So, Shimon doesn't want to give up his 50%. Shimon gets his 50% to half that he believes he's entitled to. Now, Reuven says to, insists that they're all entitled to a third. If Reuven only gets a third, how much is left? A half plus a third. What's left? A sixth. Reuven confessed that there's three brothers, and therefore he's only, only entitled to a third. But Levi, what's left for Levi is that there's just one sixth. Okay. May Levi, Levi passes away the next day. That stus, the sixth goes to Reuven. Now, Shimon's going to say, one second, I don't know which way things are. I said that I don't know, so I got my 50%. But now Levi passed away, so you and I are in his head. We should divide it in half. <laughs> the word is no, because this sixth, that came from the half that. That Ruvain, exactly, it goes to Ruvain. But now for Levi, if after they divided, Levi got, won the lottery, that did that vitaka 50%. Ruvain confessed to Shimon that he's entitled to half. And Shimon never, never said, No, I'm not entitled. He's not my brother. He just said, Therefore, he didn't relinquish his rights, and therefore they split the lottery in half. If that six that Ruvain, Levi got, excuse me, increased in value on its own, Grew trees, the price of the market went up, the Achach may slave, and then Levi passed away. If the, okay, so then, sorry, so again, so if this sixth went up in value, so if that increase in value is, or in terms, it reaches the shoulders, meaning that it's like ready to carry, it's like, it's like, exactly, so to speak. Like, for example, um, grapes that are ready to, to harvest. This increase is like new property that, 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 that Levi got from different sorts. Therefore, that, 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 they divide that in half. If, however, the increase went up in value in the sense that the crop, the ground produced grapes, but they did not harvest yet. So that's considered a chilek of the original six. That taka goes to Reuven alone. That's considered like his part of his Yerusha. It's not considered something separate. It's considered like a part of the half 
that Reuven was entitled to, that increased in value to his good luck. Omar Shimon, what if, how, so Adkan Shimon said, I don't know. But if Omar Shimon, if Reuven said to him, Mazel Tov, we have a new third brother you didn't know about. And Shimon says, it's not our brother. Therefore, you divide the same way, right? Reuven, Shimon says, no, I'm getting my half. He takes 50%. Reuven gets a, gets a third and Levi gets a sixth, as we said. Then Levi dies. Shimon gets nothing of that sixth, even if it was grapes that were ready to harvest or some kind of, you know, uh, uh, other source. Reuven, him alone, gets the sixth with any other things that Levi got. And that L'Chaira would be true if, let's say, let's say, let's say, Levi, Shimon said he's not a brother, therefore he's not getting any part of Erusha. Right? So he, he takes his half. Reuven takes a third, Levi gets a sixth, then Levi wins the lottery. Then Levi dies. L'Chaira, only Reuven gets that because Shimon confessed he's not entitled to it. Okay. The same thing would be with any other types of heirs. So we are example of three brothers. It'd be the same thing if it's three, three, you know, uh, three people who there's a, you know, uh, um, you know, three. Let's say, for example, in our case it was three brothers and the and the uh, the father passed away. Same thing would be if it was, um, let's say, three uncles to a nephew and the child passed away without children. And his father already passed away prior, and now the now his three uncles are going to inherit him, and they have the same fight or two uncles and they have the same fight. The exact same will apply, right? It doesn't make a difference if it's uh, three years of children or uncles or whatever it is. It's all the same, same principles.